0: Miami sun, she won't get a tan. ain't worry, cause I know that she ain't got a man When the sun sets in the night time Baby, I ball like J-400 in the right times In Miami sun, she won't get a tan. ain't worry, cause I know that she ain't got a man When the sun sets in the night time
1: in the right time. She cozy. welcome Got to episode 33 of the zone talk life. podcast i am your host jamel I'm here with donovan rashad devon and nap back to having a full house uh how are we feeling today we
2: good episode 33 yeah throwing out threes throwing up the threes for the
1: bean uh, devon's back you already yeah. got to make
2: up for the, you know, whenever you miss a zone talk, you got to come back. Yeah, you you got to come back with some back energy. Let's get it. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the NFL preseason has kicked off. Well, preseason games have kicked off. We saw the Hall of Fame game last week uh, between the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It uh, was an ugly game, but, I mean, that's what it's for. It's for the young guys to be able to get an opportunity, get on the field, and uh, kind of show what they have to offer uh some of these teams but honestly a lot of the guys you see in those first games are not going to be on the roster going forward uh so it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out with all the teams across the league How uh, did
3: uh how did it feel watching watching football for the first time
1: in months
4: I mean
2: I'm going to be completely honest I was on the beach all last week Oh nah, yeah we know but yeah, we know bro other than that <laughs>
3: Who's next <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were thanks, t- Devon. I'm
2: going to be up front with y'all. I still love football. <laughs> I still love football. <laughs> nah,
4: we were we, we tapped in. Uh, I mean, it was it was cool. Preseason football, but football nonetheless.
5: Yeah, nah, it'd just be good to see everybody out there a little bit. You know, like now the stadiums are going to be a little bit more
4: packed. To a matter of so, fact, why am I downplaying it? You know what I mean? I was about to on. say, hold man. Like, no. do, you, do you even love this? <laughs> nah, that, he that,
5: said that, it was cool. It, <laughs> it's, it's whatever, man. My, man. my man, Twitter boy over <laughs> yeah. here. Okay. Over oh, here no, be here no, in the saying, chat every day, like, first word, thing in the morning.
0: 21 us, days to
1: football. It was cool. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs>
4: nah, um, nah, I mean, the only reason why I said it like that was because of Donovan made a good point. Um, and he was saying that the intensity is a lot different during preseason, um, just because you're,
1: what do you mean by that? What do you mean,
4: Donovan?
3: All right. So before, you know, we was talking about, uh, I asked Rashad a question about, you know, preseason football. I was like, Oh, like, do you think any, like how much of this stuff do we see now? Does it translate, you know, week one, week three later down the road and, um, he being a football savant you know he's just talking about like he actually pays attention to all of these games and i was like damn man you be paying attention to all these games like <laughs> like because i don't think i really don't think like watching most of these games like you don't see all of these different formations you don't see all these different schemes yeah. that it is and you definitely don't see all these different players so yeah, you know they, what i mean they definitely
2: so, keep it not not simple because they're nfl players they're learning the nfl playbook but like they want to see what you can do, like that's what it's really about, and that's why you don't see a lot of the guys who we know what they can do. So that's why they're not out there, like, and it's understandable. Like the starters, they get out there minimally. I know they get like some good burn in like the game three or whatever, but like other than that, I mean, it's preseason, but you definitely want to see good things from your team. Oh, y'all made some great points about like the injuries, like trying to stand away from those because that was could really shake up the whole season and put a team in a situation where it's like so what you <laughs> doing so
1: yeah i think it's uh it's really about like depth assessment ultimately the pre the preseason games like yeah. obviously you're not going to put everything in t- like you're not first of all you game playing around the teams that you're playing against and yeah. so assessing the needs yeah <laughs> like so just because you know the training camp that you got uh the playbook that you got for training camp is not necessarily exactly going to be what you're going to run uh, during the game. But I'm sure it's still just as complex in terms of the calls you have to know. Like, I think all Especially of that is just like super big of an adjustment for anybody. And so these young guys get on the field this first preseason game. And they just trying to get that down. Like, my alignment, my assignment, my steps. <laughs> like, Yo, whoever there's all the basic stuff. Whoever
4: the D coordinators for the Steelers, he was like dialing it up. Like, sure. sitting like, the house on the blitz. Like, they had, like, I know they had, like, at least – to start the game, like, two red zone stops. Like, I know they had, like, a sack, probably, like, two sacks in the red zone. They had an into, um, which converted to points on offense. Um, so, like, I was looking at that. I'm like, damn, like, with all – like, considering all the losses that that they had on defense from, from a starting standpoint, like, I, I look at that and, like, a team like them, like, I know they'll come through um, as a team, even though there's questions, like, with their defense um, and other aspects of their game. But um, like just seeing that, like knowing, you know, their D coordinator, like drawing up certain blitzes and stuff like that, like their organization, like time and time and again, like they always deliver. Just because, like, you know, they they are just a prestigious organization like them, like you know, they always play to the highest standard, and they um they set themselves at a high standard. So, um, like I said, when I was watching, I'm like, damn, like the Steelers are still like, even though. You know, it looks like their team, like, you know, they won't be, I guess, quote-unquote, as relevant. Um, See but the, in that division, like, they'll always be relevant, like, regardless, like, because, you know, that's who they are. Um, but
2: I feel like one thing with preseason football, like, that you always have to keep in mind, and part of the reason
4: why I don't tune in as much
2: is, like, like, like Jamel said, like, you're not really seeing, like, everything, so it's, like, one team might be at a higher level, which is like a good point. That like the Steelers tend to have like the coaches and like the yeah. type of team that has like, you know, we're a top of the line NFL team. But like, I feel like there's like teams in the NFL that like the preseason like it, they can go 0-4 and like like I feel like the Pats. If we were to somehow go 0-4, that wouldn't be detrimental to our season because I feel like those losses for like Bill Belichick, he would get way more shit to coach off on in the season than if we had, like, a successful, quote, preseason. You know what I mean?
1: I'd hope. 0-4 <laughs> is kind of O.D. All right, but like, uh, I'm I'll saying, say like, the, the losses in no the preseason don't
2: mean anything. So, it's like, yeah, well, you might as well, yeah, like, you'd rather take your lose lungs, those than
1: the the real season like, I games.
4: The, the, I mean, the, the wins and losses don't hold as much weight. You still want to go out there and win. Of course. At the end of the day, it's still, like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, the stars may be out, but the coaches are still, like, coaching, like, yeah, those absolutely. those wins and losses are on them. That's but a I was fact. gonna say, like, in terms of the intensity, like being not what we used to seeing in the regular season, as far as the preseason games, like I can only imagine how diff- difficult it is for um for coaches to kind of like call plays and kind of like when certain guys come in, they like have to tailor the the game plan. So that, that I'm sure that has like a, a certain impact on how we like watch the game, like. I feel like watching a preseason game, it's kind of easy to, like, you know, lull away and, like, be on your phone and kind of have that as, like, a background type thing. But I'm sure a lot of that has to contribute with, with the play calling. And, you know, it's kind of... You kind of have to, like, adjust awkwardly, I guess, when, you know, your number one guy is coming in for a couple of drives and then you're bringing in, like, the third guy on the depth chart. So now you have to change your entire game plan in the middle of a game... And you also don't want to, like, oversimplify things and open up your so, playbook.
1: So. Yeah, so I was just thinking, like, now that I think about it, I don't know how much you really simplify it. Because yeah, you want that this, guy to be ready. Oh, yeah, this is what we're going to run. So, yeah. like, at the end of the day, like, if I call this play and you don't know what you're doing, like, I got to get the next guy in. And if we just have weak spot after, you know, guys coming in that just don't know their job – we got to adjust the position a different way and then we'll change some. But I don't know. Like, I know they haven't gone as in depth with everything they would implement, um, you know, right. if the season were going, That's what- but, you know, at the same time, I just, uh, you know, I do think there's because of the, the intensity thing is more so because I think guys are thinking <laughs> on the field, like in, obviously when you're thinking, you don't move as fast. And a lot of these guys are really just trying to figure things out on the field. It's not that they're not trying to play intensely. It's that, there's a lot going on for them, especially in these early games.
3: Well, the, the way that I just look at these preseason games is like, yo, you know, back in training camp, we had early installs. And, you know, we was installing obviously at a far slower yeah. pace than what they're doing. Yeah. Like, tremendously slow. Like, these dudes have to learn the playbook once yeah, before bird. they even play the game, the whole shit, and then come back and learn potentially new new scouting reports every single week during the season. During the preseason, I don't think it's like that. Well, like, I, yeah. I, I don't think they're juggling all of that at the yeah. same time. Obviously, they have a preliminary, like, scouting report. Oh, we're, mm-hmm. playing, we're playing the Cowboys this week. You know, yeah. we got to watch out for, oh, this player. I don't even know who was playing because they had all their stars out, honestly. Um, yeah. Was Jarwin playing? I think he was playing.
2: Sure. Yeah. We'll name Jarwin. <laughs> right. You know, we got to watch out for I'm Blake sure Jarwin. I'm the other team coordinators be knowing, like, having an oh, idea. For of for sure. Like, because the, like, there's some NFL backups that'll get off on y'all, and you should have known. Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 oh, you came to Pod Pod. Like, <laughs> you should have known. One thing.
4: One thing I will say. I was telling uh, when we were watching the game, Donovan Jamel. I'm like, damn. I like really empathize with the guys who are like on the bottom tier of the depth chart, and they go in with like four minutes left of preseason game because it's just like, damn, like you chasing the dream and like you only get a limited amount of snaps like
2: that's where like i feel like you can definitely see like some like that's what i appreciate about the preseason like those stories were like because you always hear about some guy undrafted like showing out in preseason like
4: terrell davis remember that
2: dude on the browns a year ago who like i think he like showed Mm -hmm. up like outside and was like and like he ended up returning a kick but i don't think he ended up making the team shout out to him but like yeah, I mean, like, preseason, like, there's a lot of dudes who are, like, fighting for that spot, and then there's dudes who are, like, sitting pretty, like, don't even have to go to camp type shit. So it's crazy how there's such a a gap, to say, in, like, NFL players, because it's, like, you would think, oh, you're in the league, like, you're good, but, like, there's mad dudes, like, trying to, like, play, <laughs> like.
1: Word. It's uh, crazy. There's definitely a lot going on, for sure, but um let's keep going on I know we got some good news in the NFL some key guys coming back to their teams in particular uh the Ravens get offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley back on the practice field for the first time since his season ending ankle injury in October uh it's a big part of that old line there especially with Orlando Brown gone uh is definitely as important as ever and then Saquon Barkley is back for the New York Giants um Kenny Galladay actually went down late last week so they Get one key guy and they lose another one. Uh, but it's a time to return for Saquon, and apparently um, there have been some good reports coming out of the New York Giants camp about Daniel Jones. Hopefully that offense can get as together as possible.
3: Yeah, man. I read I read something this week that was saying uh, what he was he was hitting everything in seven on sevens, and I mean like how much do you actually put into these reports that come out during
1: during training camp? Oh, I mean, because
2: the next day they much. can say they can say anything the next day.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you ain't gonna see it's that report. That
2: <laughs> Daniel Jones's good day. Like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> like when you really think about another it, another right, good. What's day. a what's a good day to this man? And like, as a Giants fan, what's a good day to a Giants fan? Because a good day for Daniel Jones definitely ain't like a Patrick Mahomes good day. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Bro. Like, if someone said Patrick Mahomes had a good day in practice, like, you know, he was lighting that <laughs> shit up. <laughs> Daniel Jones had a good day. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> he was running 50-yard runs
4: and tripping at the one. What does that mean? Uh, Jamel made a really good point. Um, as far as we were talking about, like, preseason, how, like, all the reports come out and stuff like that. You might have mentioned on the pod last week, but I think – for, like, the great teams, like, the top-tier teams, I think those reports as, like, good or bad hold a lot of weight because ultimately you're competing against the best of the best. Like, I think there's a correlation as far as the top teams and, like, having the best talent for the most part, um, with the exception of, like, some teams just being good because of, like, their coaching and they have the right system. But um, I think, like, for the top teams, like, you can definitely, like, those reports hold a lot of weight because, like, you know, if – like, let's say Miko Hardman's going up against Tyron Matthew, like, and Miko Hardman has a really good day. Like, I mean, that's the one for an example. But there's a lot of, like, great guys on offensively that go up against great guys on defense. Like, you know, a Marlon Humphrey going against, you know, Rashad Bateman, and Rashad Bateman's doing well, like, for example. Like, you can probably, like, best believe, like, you know, if he's doing his thing against the t- one of the top corners in the league, like, maybe, like, you know, that report is true. Um, so I think I look at it like that, like maybe, okay, like the lions, like receivers are doing well. Like maybe you kind of question that a little bit more than the other team, just because like the talent that these guys are going against within yeah, their teams, yeah, that's a great point. within their teams. Like, I don't know, I guess it's like kind of scaled in that sense. Um, just because like the looks that you're getting against like the, you know, Certain guys, I guess. So yeah, what guess do you?
3: So what do you say to a report coming from Cincinnati saying that Joe Burrow has been struggling?
2: Yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? That was uh, the today. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not good, but like,
3: you know what I mean. Like, if we're saying the top tier teams, whatever comes out of their spot yeah. for the most part, you yeah, know, that's we could definitely We could kind of see it. Then what are we saying about?
2: His, I mean, that's a he is coming back from an injury. So it, and he's working his way back in. So I'm, I'm not doubting Joe Burrow. I, I think we'll see great things. So that's why, I mean, I won't talk. I won't see too much into the headlines. Like I'm really trying to like see these games when it matters and go from there. Honestly, but like obviously it's preseason, so we gotta talk about what we got. Right. <laughs> when
4: I when I hear that, like, I'm just hoping like as far as Burrow and his injury from last season, like it's not the knee that's becoming an issue now moving forward because he's so young and to see him go down last year and then for him to come in with the lingering, I wouldn't say lingering ACL injury, but I mean, ACL injury nonetheless, and then to combine that with them not playing well um, or performing well in camp, like I would hope it's not like the knee or anything that's like. Having any effect on the performance of of himself,
1: I think you do have to look at like some of the other variables. When you, like Joe Burrow's situation, I think is a little different because I think with that injury and him coming back, I think what he's going through is probably more mental than physical right now, and, and that's what it seems like. If he's messing up as much in practice, and we know how talented this kid is, kid, he's a grown man. Um, but either way, I think I mean that's that situation's a little bit unique because I feel like. The Bengals weren't even that terrible of a defense last year. They're actually middle of the pack in terms of their secondary. They had William Jackson, who was actually a really good corner, um, and so they they've done a good job trying to stay at least in that same range. So it's not to say that you know they're going to go up against a terrible set of defensive backs and things are just super should be super easy for them. You know, it still is you know competitive. There are a lot of guys you know that are clearly playing well on the defensive side of the ball. If um, Joe Burrow is struggling.
4: Yo, Nap, I got a question for you, fellow receiver. Um, I So I heard there's reports also like Jamar Chase isn't getting separation from D-backs. And like part of those reports have been like, all right, well, he also took a year off from football. Like, what do you think about that? Like when you hear that, like him not getting the separation, plus like we all know that he took a year off. Um, last season to prepare for the NFL. And now he's not performing well in camp. Like, What do you think about that?
5: I mean, for me, I would think just more of a not getting live reps for an entire almost two years now. Like he hasn't played since his national championship game. So for me, it's more of a thing of like these are his first reps against like real live practice, uh, against real people in, all, in over a year and you got to come ready for that shit especially if you're walking into the league taking years off you know what i mean you can't just think that it's college and think that you're just going to be able to do what you did for for however long you're at the school you kind of got to make your new identity once you get to the league the like, last thing
3: the, sorry to cut you off like the last thing you want people asking is like yo like is he legit this is who we drafted yeah you you took a year off my and mind
5: you bro like he does he, a guy who took a year off like you know could have could have played and could have like really helped his his school's program if he did and he could have you know he could have you know rate i mean his draft stock was already crazy but
4: you know who knows does it does it have any impl- implications on his trajectory for his career I wouldn't say for his career. No, no, no. I no.
2: mean, he played a lot. Like, yeah,
5: it's, it's been it's been like I'll, two weeks. <laughs> These are also, developmental. Also, snaps. yeah. Also, he's going up against his he's going up against his defense, which like knows their offense probably a little bit better than anybody. So they'll probably be able to cover the routes point. that that's he's running. No, I only
4: say that way better than recognizing anybody else. Your would. Nah, I only as a ask that because player. like I don't know. Like it's, I think it could be one of those things that like for a lot of dudes, a lot of high. Uh, draft picks that we've seen at skill positions i can only imagine how much of a, a a mental hump that those guys couldn't have like gotten over early on in their careers when maybe they weren't performing in camp and after that you know they're hearing all these reports you know being in the, you come in the league like very young age 21 years old 20 years old and you got all these reports like i can imagine that like having like an impact on you like long term too like especially like you really start questioning like yo damn like this is a really, like, it's a faster game, more physical, and, like, I don't know. So I think it's something to think about.
1: I think for NFL players currently, there's probably more resources available than there ever were for them to be able to try and manage their, like, lifestyle, the incoming yeah. social media. Like, even if you've looked at, like, I mean, we'll get into the Hard Knocks later, but even on the Hard knock shows, they have people coming in and talking about various topics with a lot of guys during training camp. And so I, I, I think, you know, the mental thing, it's something that is di- can be difficult for anyone. I mean, on that type of scale. Um, but more importantly, I-, I think Jamar Chase is going to be fine because I don't think he relies on getting separation but like with his quickness and speed. Like he's a really strong physical receiver, and he's great at the catch point. And I think yeah, well, like. he's just going to develop in terms of getting separation whether it be with his speed or he's just going to learn how to be a more effective route runner exactly he's going to get craftier with his routes yeah Yeah. so i think that stuff just takes time he has to get used to playing in a new system and um like i was saying earlier like he could just be still trying to learn the playbooks still trying to nail things down mentally it's not allowing him to you know be his physical peak on the field but i think that'll come in due time honestly
5: i mean that and you know there's been reports that joe burrow you know isn't looking like yeah you know you know how we saw him last season which is like okay because he's coming off an injury but we'd expect him you know within the next month or so by week one to be a little bit more polished but like if your quarterback's not on point how are you supposed to be out there getting right? You know yeah. what
3: I was what I was reading specifically was talking about how he was thrown with a lot of pressure in his face.
2: Yeah. Oh that's what? wow! That's what? What like, makes speaking me think, of right? mental, bro, like for a quarterback, you're dropping back. You like, like you know when you that's like, what I'm saying, trusting your old line. Like all right, I'm gonna take my time. When you know when you're like, all right, <laughs> these boys don't got me, so I really <laughs> have to like. So that's already a, a mental. Bog, yeah, you could say bro. for an NFL QB who's trying I'm not to he- already.
4: I'm not hearing that from Cincinnati, though. Why? Because they drafted yeah, Chase? Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. Nah.
2: I'm just saying this from my perspective because y'all are talking about yeah. like, not the, from topic the team of a player's yeah. mental. Like for Joe Burrow, he's dropping back. Like he's coming off an injury. He's definitely like. He got PTSD.
1: He, yeah. He needs to get some reassurance <laughs> from his O-line.
2: Like, can y'all like, protect me? Like. Like, yeah. I need it. Because that's, that's the first thing. Because if the pressure's there, nothing else matters, bro. Like, nothing. Bro, I don't yeah. want to hear no that's O-line talk. Hey man, I hope they the can step it up as a unit from and like, cause they they have to understand like one thing like you gotta get the jets off the carrier. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you can ha- like you can have all the Joe Burrow, the the Jamar Chase, and I even said that they should take Chase. I'm pretty sure I said on the pod. So like, yeah. I just hope that they can put the stuff together. Cause if they can, then they got something. But like, it's it can be spooky if your quarterback don't trust the o line. Yeah, it's going
3: to be a lot of halfback sets, extra Word. blockers. Word. We're
2: going to get your protection from the tight end. Yo, on the ru- side two note, two running backs, and then we're going to put Chase.
4: On a side note, quick we're talking about offensive alignment and QBs. We talked briefly about uh, Dwayne Brown and his contract oh. <laughs> uh, disputes with Seattle. That's, that's another uh, on top of the Jamal Adams situation. Yeah. I just thought it was a uh, we we. Brought up a good discussion briefly earlier in the group chat, um, talking about how Russ felt as if you know, Seattle needs to to manage whatever contract disputes the Seahawks and Dwayne Brown have. But Dwayne Brown I think he's up there in age.
1: Yeah, so Dwayne Brown is thirty five years Dwayne, old. Um you are not lying. Yes. <Damn>. He's really thirty-five. Yeah, bro. He's thirty-five. So I can see why. If you're Seattle, you like yo, my man. Please just play this out, man. (laughs) But if he don't, the Bengals better be calling. Nah, but (laughs) nah, nah, nah. This is crazy because honestly, he has a whole lot of leverage. He knows Russell Wilson's unhappy. He knows the situation with the old line. Russell Wilson is out here advocating for him. Um, and so this is as much leverage as he's gonna get like if they were gonna give him a new contract i think they're gonna they're gonna get it done uh but if not like what he holds out like he gets traded i mean i don't know what would happen but i think honestly you just gotta give the guy the money like your <laughs> quarterback is already like on the verge of like dipping and flexing out of here and th- that's the last thing you need if you're the seahawks
4: yeah it wasn't not it wasn't too long ago we were just like yo like What's a possible destination for Russ if he? Talking like yeah, to the Bears, right. the, the Raiders. Raiders, Saints, and all that. But I think it says something if if your quarterback is coming out and saying that y'all need to work out whatever contract disputes or whatever y'all have going on for your 35 year old offensive lineman. I mean, I also think that says that Russ doesn't really have much to begin with, so know. he's just trying to like, yeah, and keep whatever he can. Not and that's not to take away from Dwayne Brown. Um just because I think that's a, a notable offensive lineman um that you hear about in the league. Um but for him to for him to come out and say, like, all right, look, y'all need to like yeah. pay this man because so,
1: so just to read his quote, uh, he said, quote, not having Dwayne Brown out there is pretty significant deal because I think he's one of the best left tackles in the game and there's no arguing it. I think he's as good as it gets. There's nobody more athletic, more talented than he is. Age is just a number. He looks like he's 28 to 30 out there. He's really exceptional. So smart and physical, understands the game. And I think people fear him, to be honest with you, when they're rushing him and playing against him. So we definitely want to be able to get him back out there. Now, that is a statement.
2: From a quarterback who is fearing pressure.
1: And he said, we need Dwayne Brown. So that is like... That That's is an like ode him. to the Seahawks. Y'all figure it out. Do it. Get Don't take him. it out of my contract, but y'all better do it. Yo, <laughs> same.
2: Russ. if you really mean this, can we do this? <laughs>
1: Yo,
3: the yeah. same way that that uh who was it? Aaron Rodgers was talking about uh, you know, how the Packers let go of everybody yeah. during yeah. those those names, core pieces. Dude. This
1: is exactly what's going on with the Seahawks right now. Yeah, and, I mean, if Dwayne Brown, I mean, he's played the games. To, he started all 16 games last year, I mean, at 34. So, who's to say he can't do it at 35 going on 36? I mean, at some point there's going to be a drop-off, but if it don't look like it right now and left tackle being one of the most important positions y'all need to address and have addressed for the season, I mean, you just got to gotta do what to do. You got to make it happen and keep them.
4: Yo, should Seattle send a uh, trade offer to the Texans involving Russ? <laughs> for Deshaw Watson and just
3: tank and just take it.
4: <laughs> what you think?
3: Because that might uh, be
1: <laughs> nah. Because the um, be the Texans okay. are really like. First of all, Russ has a no trade clause, so he's not going anywhere. He'll. Oh, go. true. So that's all dead. All right, well, yeah, that's dead. Yeah, but that's not to say he
4: wouldn't want to go there. He don't want. Probably, probably, he probably, <laughs> he <Right laughs> probably, he probably I, don't.
2: <laughs> I was holding back. <laughs> I wanted you to let you talk. But why <laughs> on earth we want to go there? Sierra hey,
1: don't want to go to Houston. She what? She, she don't want to be down there. She hey, like man. she likes Seattle.
4: Nah, but Texans
1: listening to best offers
4: available. So, just thought.
1: Man, that's tough. But, um, we'll stay updated on that situation. If they're without Dwayne Brown, it's going to be a long year in uh, Seattle. Um, but i expect him to play i hope he gets the money he's looking for this is as much leverage as he's gonna have uh and speaking of money and contracts uh Zavian howard we talked the last pod i believe about how he was having some disagreements with miami regarding his contract situation and this week we found out that he got a contract extension uh more guaranteed money uh he's got 12.75 million guaranteed uh 3.5 million in max incentives so uh, he got what he was looking for and he, that's somebody who utilizes leverage and was able to make it work. Shows shows that it can be done. No nah, man, you gotta read that point. The Dolphins dropped their fees. Yeah. They dropped ninety-three
3: thousand in fees. I love that <laughs> through that. All right, so if yeah. you put this bag, like
2: you might as well get this out of the way, because I wouldn't have got my bag if I didn't go through like the stuff that you were like I'm not showing up to stuff and you guys finding me. Like I love to see it that an NFL team is willing to take that and be like, all right, we'll give this player his way. And like, that kind of just gives the power to the players, which you love to see. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, this is crazy. Like how much NFL teams could just be like, this is what we're giving you. Take it or leave it. And like some players are really like that meaningful that it's like, look, man, I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm not playing unless I get what I want. And like, you love to see it when it's a guy who's so deserving too.
4: It was very admirable to see like from the Miami Dolphins to, Give him his money. Yeah. Like, and it also says a lot about the organization, too. Like, they're really trying to win. Like, that's a good example, example too. Like, like what? Upcoming contracts. And this is coming out right after Brian Flores had a press conference. He was like, yo, like, we got to keep this dude. And then days later, made it happen. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this team, like, means business. Um, And it's a good look on for for them as a team uh, in the future, you know
1: word like attracting future free agents yeah. like guys are gonna be like nah I want to go play for like, like people already want to play for Brian Flores like if yeah. they know the front office is actually have has your best interest like that's like a game changer in the NFL for a team that actually kind of value you and want to pay you the money that you deserve <laughs> yeah I don't I can't
4: think of many like instances where like teams have really caved in because it's always a uh, with these like disputes. it's always like a leverage game between the player and the team and the fact that, the fact that um, Xavier Howard was able to get his, get his way deservingly, like, I mean that paves the way for a lot of guys. He basically like with this move, like, basically represented all those like a bunch of guys past and in the future. Like, all right, you know if we're gonna play this leverage game, like, way to go out there and and get your way. Um, again, it's like an admirable move by Miami. Um, and it just shows, like you know, they're they're really trying to win, and they're not going to be able to do that without one of the top corners in the game, who's coming off a uh, nine to ten interception season. So
1: yeah, and they uh, see the issue is, and it's crazy because Xavier Howard, this happened pretty early in his contract. He just signed it, I believe, in twenty nineteen. Uh, but they signed byron jones right after to a five-year 82.5 million deal and he had the most money of any dolphins cornerback and now in 2020 byron jones allowed 40 catches on 61 targets for 683 yards 290 yards after the catch five touchdowns had two picks and let up an opponent pass rating of 117 basically he did not play well um compared to Xavier howard who was one of the best uh, corners in the league in that case. And so you can see the case he made for himself going into negotiations, and, uh, you know, you can see why the Dolphins also caved.
4: Yeah, and and it also shows you um, how much um, the Dolphins value defense too, especially considering Brian Flores came over as a defensive coordinator um, from the Pats. So it's like, all right, well, if anything, like, I'm gonna need my defense like more than anything. Like we'll figure it out on offense. Like so, for them to to lock up Davion Howard and give him his money, like they're they're fine with the the continuation of the development of, of Tua. Like yeah, they, as long they as have they have, have as long as they have that defense set in place, like they're gonna be able to do things that they want to do. Um, and then from there, like you know they they're gonna try and contend in their division and hopefully in the conference.
1: Yeah, it's a great. Uh It's great for them, for them to be able to keep one of their top players and show a sign of good faith, especially so early in a deal. So uh, shout out Xavier Howard definitely deserves a contract and we will definitely be looking forward to those Dolphins games this coming season. Um, And speaking of uh, guys who have just made their mark on the league, we had the class of 2021. Uh, enshrinement speech. Yo, (laughs) I love that. And speaking of (laughs) guys uh, getting it done, yeah, uh, I'm gonna help you out, bro. Just some are smoother than (laughs) the others. We're getting there, but um, so we had uh, the induction ceremony uh, this past week. We had Drew Pearson, Tom Flores, Peyton Manning, John Lynch, Calvin Johnson, Alan Fenneca, and Charles Woodson have been inducted into the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, congratulations to those seven players Um, obviously they impacted the game in more ways than one and you know they left a legacy for all of us to admire Um, and so you know that's you want to talk about an accomplishment this is this is up there it's like lifetime accomplishments yeah
2: like I mean seeing Peyton Manning get in like we've all always known that like he's a hall of fame quarterback but for us to be like wow like He's really in there now.
4: Like, does just mean we getting old.
2: That too, bro. We start. We starting to know
4: we more. And more, to more than know the old
2: players. <laughs> it's like, yo, bro. <laughs> in my Boy. day, Peyton in you know Five. Yeah, because like the old heads, they really talk about those older players like they mean it because they really saw it, and it's crazy. <laughs> like, because like it's hard to put respect on like a a player that you didn't really watch and admire. Like, I mean, you can say, oh yeah, he was great, but like, I mean, there's plenty of Hall of Famers that like I don't know. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm sure they had careers that were just as admirable. So, shout out to everybody in the Hall of Fame, but definitely shout out to the most recent class. No, Yo, did you know that Peyton was 6'5? Yeah. I did not know yeah, he was he that was tall. Bro, he's been. Because him hell. and Tom Brady, like, that. He's the, the same sheriff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: facts. These dudes are massive. Yeah, <laughs> bro. <Six Fox. laughs> John Lynch finally got in. Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Johnson, you'd love to see
2: that off of the. Um, I mean. Just to say, just nine seasons, but like, cause just because of the level he was playing at, but nine seasons in the NFL, that's that's definitely worthy, no matter what. And his career says it all. Like, Calvin Johnson is really like a
1: generational player. Oh yeah, definitely. And it shows hey, that you can make the hall and not win, cause
2: yeah, absolutely. Cause I remember in his speech, he even said like, shout out to the Detroit Lions fans, cause even when we was only sixteen, like, y'all were still there. I mean. It's crazy because, like, All you can right. really have individual success in football. But, like, and I'm sure he would love to have, you know, that team success. But, like, that's a player that, like, no matter how sorry his team was, everybody knew how he was coming. Yeah. So,
1: And I, he I, made that clear. Yeah. So <laughs> when he put.
2: definitely got a lot of a respect for Calvin Johnson in his career. Like, one of the best receivers ever,
4: if not the. <laughs> well, I'm glad he came out with something. Playing for Detroit's entire career, yeah, yeah, word. Yeah, there's not much that needs to be said about him as a player, his uh, his uh, individual accolades and stats. So. His
3: talent was unquestioned.
4: Yeah, I like the. Um, I don't know if y'all saw the gra- the graphic of um <clears throat> of um they like had him lined up out wide. Yeah, and when the he was two playing. TVs. Oh, with the, with the, with the jacket outside well, level. He had the he had the gold jacket on. That was, that was so pretty. Inspired, that too,
2: but like the <laughs> fact that pretty, that pretty, image is yeah. even real. That like. Off the line, they got two like like he's a gunner on punt like, yeah. and it's, it's it's at the edge of the red zone too yeah. like what like that's crazy like I don't know if there's many other receivers that have gotten that type of treatment honestly like I mean, I'm sure it's happened but like bro to be double teamed pressed by two corners off the two yard line
4: yeah I mean he's six five. And he can run a four three. So that's wild. <laughs> what else are you gonna do?
2: Yeah, man, that's really what it comes down to. So that what just goes to show do, right? like Freaks. Specimen, bro. <laughs> yeah.
4: hey, I'm not sure, Freaks. like I know Georgia Tech, speaking of like going back as far as his college career, like I know for a while they've been a, a triple real, a triple option team. So was he doing that in the triple option? I think with Georgia system?
2: Tech, they run that triple option, but they have like a like a receiver out there, and that one receiver gets everything pretty well, much. Well,
4: yeah, but like still. like, I
2: don't think, actually, no, they just transitioned from that pretty recently, I think. Um,
1: apparently, they were a run first team, but I mean, according to this article, I mean, the receivers still excelled. Obviously, Calvin Johnson did. um tried to say it's a great offense for wide receivers. I mean, for the wide receiver.
2: Yeah, for <laughs> yeah, the right, wide right. receiver. The defense is lulled to sleep, and then I'm just getting my shots. Let's go! Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Tough. He
4: might not. If he ain't got a statue already, Georgia Tech, he' about to get his.
2: That's
3: super crazy. Yep. Shout out that man! For Absolutely, real. you know. Um, you know what I liked about his Hall of Fame speech. He was getting his he was getting his business off oh, <laughs> in the yeah. middle of the house. Page. <laughs> yeah. He was talking he was talking about he was talking about yeah. flower medicine.
1: Word. <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, I, was oh, was I like, see you, medicina. Calvin." <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, but. Man, what an accomplishment. Uh these guys are um, incredible athletes and brought a lot to the game and excited for uh the 2022 candidates. Uh we have Steve Smith Jr, DeMarcus Ware, Andre Johnson, Devin Hester, Vince Wolford and Quan Bolden and Tony Romo. Yo, look at my guys, man. Look at the U. Look at Wait, no, look so
3: at Miami University thing? showing out. That's like
5: one, Yeah, the U is two, three, all of
1: there. Four of them. And they sh- Honestly, they should all get it
2: Yeah Nah, one thing that jumps off to me, bro Tony Romo, bro Like This one thing I think you can make it into the Hall of Fame For other things relating to football But like As far as your play I don't know if we got to look at
4: the stats now.
3: Were you about to go into broadcasting?
4: Yes, bro. Because <laughs> I mean, he's the
3: Hall of Fame
2: broadcaster off the early career of Matt.
4: Stay disrespected. Nah, but. Bro, it, man,
2: that nah, championship game that he had. Bro, like. Nah. That Hall was crazy. What, what can Tony Romo go up there and say, like, compared to the legends that we're seeing going in, Calvin Johnson, like, all the admiration we just have for him. I don't have that same admiration for Tony Romo playing. He's a great guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent broadcaster. I love him as a broadcaster. He really like is probably my favorite to listen to, honestly. But like Alright,
4: Donovan, what the numbers say?
2: Yeah, tell oh, me what the numbers say, besides no, my bias, because
3: <laughs> Well, let's see. He's had one,
2: two, three
3: winning seasons in mm. his career. Uh, basically, well, he's been the middle of the ground.
2: Calvin Johnson, you know, he had a losing season, so we can't hold that against Tony. What I, I heard you. <laughs> heard you. Okay. Sixty-five <laughs> percent completion percentage,
3: over thirty-four thousand yards, two hundred and forty-eight touchdowns, one hundred and seventeen intels. It's not a bad. Perc- That's not a bad he's ratio, not. right there. He's pretty, you know, efficient. Um, I mean, he has a career ninety-seven rating. Is that? Nah, 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 nah. We ain't putting that out there.
1: Nah, 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 nah,
3: nah, nah, nah,
2: nah. QBR, I think it's calculated differently by a lot of different things. So, oh
1: yeah, oh QBR might be ninety-seven, yeah, out of one
4: fifty-eight. Well, there's there's Either
1: way, he was he was mild.
3: If we're gonna talk about Tony
2: Romo's career, yeah, like I mean, don't get me wrong, I take him. He was an NFL starting quarterback, I guess, for a long period of time. Not even, I guess, he was an NFL starting quarterback, but, like, I mean, as far as what the standard of, like, excellence and like, I'm sure there's some guys in that can sneak in. There are guys that snuck in and have turned heads, and, like, I'm not going to lie. If Tony Romo got in there, I'm sure I can find guys who are waiting to get in that. Should, should be way more deserving.
1: Nah, at that point, nah, we're going to have a different conversation because all the other people that haven't got this.
2: Word. Like, I gonna, mean...
1: to have to get reconsidered or something. It's a fair assessment. I yeah. mean... But yeah, Tony Romo shouldn't be there. Um, I think <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully, disrespectfully, I don't uh, really care. How word. you take it? It's <laughs> just a uh, fact. Well, he's never coming <laughs> on his own talk podcast. Okay. I, really take. I mean, you saw the contract he got. I don't think he could come on here yeah. if he wanted to. <laughs> 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 but um, definitely exciting uh, for those guys in the 2022 class. I'm excited to see that. I think uh, all of them. But Devin Hester, Romo I mean, together. like as a as a kick returner. If there was ever a Hall of Fame for a kicker, ret- or if you could ever make the Hall of Fame for special teams, because like he needs to be the one that does. He
2: definitely belongs because that's like a part of football. And if you're that great at returning, then like I feel like that's definitely worthy of some consideration. I just feel like him. Like, as, like, a receiver. I remember, like, when he transitioned from, like, a return guy to a receiver. It was just, like, they were expecting the same, you know, guys. Success. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it just was never that, in my opinion.
4: Well, I mean, if there's, like, a model for success at special teams, specifically returning, then that is Devin Hester. Like, from... Miami to the NFL. Well, he last played with the Falcons. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think so. Team. Like, he's it. Like, one of a, he's one of a kind at that position, specifically return specialist. So, I mean, like, in that part of the game, like, he's he left his legacy and mark Absolutely. that aspect of the game in the NFL. Like, arguably, no, we haven't seen anything else like it um, at that position.
2: Yeah, it's, not, it's almost not arguably, actually, because, like, who's a better returner than Devin Hester that's in NFL saying. history? Like, if he's the best at it, like... He's definitely the best. I mean, there's definitely guys who are in the conversation, but, like... And guys who, like, we respect as returners, but, like, as yeah. far as the GOAT NFL return, man, it's yeah, got to be Devin sure. Hester. So, I think that's his spot. He's, yeah, he's good.
4: No, no drop-off from college to the NFL in that regard. Yeah. yeah he's always been that. Dark.
2: And Quan Bolden. I mean, that's, that's solid. I definitely see him going in um but first ballot i don't know maybe not first ballot but he's definitely a hall of fame caliber player he's physical like he always get his way like he on the field ring. yeah so. so
3: so i'm just going to assume that y'all as Patriots fans just decided to not talk about Vince Wilfork because you know that's already a done deal oh yeah
1: oh yeah all, oh, right. all yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah. Nah, Vince, if, Vince. If, if you don't know what Vince contributed to the game <laughs> or, I don't even want you talking about football or, or having this Vince, conversation Vince Wilford,
2: he'll definitely have like, like one of those speeches where it's on, like man. you're talking he's talking about a legacy where like he really like had a remarkable career like and for him to be able to reflect on that run, he'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame, no question. So and I mean,
1: it's not even about like it is about some stats with him. I mean, he had a long career, especially for a nose tackle. Um but I mean, he dog, he is a beast. He was a monster in the middle in the middle. He clogged up two, three guys in an o-line like you didn't have guys doing that. That's real football shit. Yeah, like, like that's real like, dog shit that you just not going. until you watch tape play by play you not really noticing the impact that he has on the game and on the defense. Every team that he's been on. so Yeah, nah, he's special.
3: And uh, he was fast
1: as yeah. shit. He <laughs> <It> was <laughs> fast as shit. For a 6'2", 320-pound like three human being. You he like was, three career touchdowns. He was nimble.
3: <laughs> Super nimble. He had no business. No business being like
1: that. No business being like that. You know who else had no business doing the damn thing? Better. Steve Smith. Michael Thomas. Oh, man. Come on, man. What's good with him, man? Bro. What's good with this, man? I, I I don't know. There's a lot of mixed messages right now.
5: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, sometimes you want to believe, you know, the information that we're given, which is usually first from the media. But when we got athletes that come out and basically say, yo, that's cap or like, I'm not going to speak out. And, you know, I'm not going to tell the truth of my side because it's going to make me seem like whatever. I'm either making excuses or, or whatever. But I don't know, man. Um, Michael Thomas obviously wants to play football and he just doesn't know if it'll be with the
1: Saints this year. Yeah, that uh, that's basically what I get from this. I don't know what the disconnect is. I don't know what's going on. But I do know he don't like being there from what i can tell like his actions tell me everything yeah i wonder how
2: much of that has to do with the quarterback situation like maybe he's like maybe i can get myself in a better situation it doesn't
1: help that would be crazy i mean if he was doing this all to get traded like my man's
5: my man's is working with a hall of fame quarterback for yeah his whole career he's
2: not trying to like take any back off you know he's coming off the injury he's trying to get his career to where it needs to be
3: he knows he knows how valuable he is too like no didn't like yeah absolutely Absolutely.
2: there's plenty of if quarterbacks in the nfl if you paired him with mike thomas or the quarterback with mike thomas then like you'd have a great connection so i feel like mike thomas is like am i going to get that with this organization maybe that's part of the reason i'm just speculating because i really don't know what's good with it he should have been out there he should be healthy and he should be playing
1: yeah just for clarification so the saints uh apparently wanted mike thomas to get surgery early in the off season uh thomas decided to get a second opinion uh because he wanted a more conservative surgery free approach uh now according to a news analyst for this for new orleans named duncan the saints agreed in march to let thomas rehab without surgery thomas ended up having ankle surgery anyway except this was three months after the Saints had suggested it, uh, with the three to four month recovery time, he won't start uh, the 2021 season on time. So apparently, he started rehabbing home in California. The Saints sent bench- benchmarks for him to meet in his recovery uh, to make sure that he was correctly healing, healing. And Mike Thomas never communicated with them again until June. Allegedly. Allegedly. Because uh, there's
4: always there could sides. could always be more know. to the story. But nonetheless it's like a it seems like a
1: It's a communication problem. It's somewhere along seems, the line. It seems like
4: a, a marriage going down the drain between Michael Thomas and the Saints. Um like Donovan mentioned before, like there is like a, a there's a timeline of like Michael Thomas and his little situation with the Saints going all the way back to I guess he had a fight in practice. Yeah. Yeah, with the, the corner. Uh, yep. Slam so like, boy.
2: That was funny. I don't know. He it seemed,
4: Chauncey Gardner Johnson,
2: I yeah.
0: think. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Mm. I mean I mean in hindsight, I guess like from all the way since back then when that happened, and maybe even before, like, there's something we probably don't know about, which we probably will hear about if we somehow end up getting him hearing him on a on a pod. you know maybe a keep to leave or somewhere if he's not in the saints anymore maybe somewhere down the road we're really here what was going on with like within that organization and himself but like it just seems like based off of how things are going now like i don't see how it could it could work (laughs) like yeah Like, moving forward. Um, Yeah,
1: he clearly – there's a lack of trust here somewhere. Sean
4: Payton doesn't seem to be a a huge fan. He doesn't seem to be giving too much. He's he's clearly frustrated, to say the least, with the situation. That's what I'm saying.
1: If him and Mike Thomas are so far apart that he hoped they had surgery months ago and he didn't, like, clearly there was some Um, lack of communication. Mike Thomas clearly didn't trust them. I mean, getting a second opinion is normal. But given the injury problems he had with the Saints during the season, I remember him also complaining on uh, social media about having to try and come back as quickly as possible to help his team. And then he got re-injured. And so maybe this time, you know, he didn't want to have to go through that process with the Saints. He wanted to do it his way. And that resulted in this. But it's like if you got that lack of trust right now, I mean, how do you expect to get on the field and trust that? i don't know the teammates yeah. you play with like the or you're getting coached by these people like i just don't understand how it all works at yeah the end of the day. also
4: like i'll be the well we should be the first ones to say like i i think like the average person can look at this and be like oh like michael thomas is like a diva or he's like stupid or whatever like that like I think we'll be the first ones to come and defend, like, these athletes and, like, football players. Like, there's obviously more to, like, more than what the media is just showing us. Like, again, he came out and said, like, we don't know his side of the story. Like, it's easy to speculate and just go off of, like, what we're getting. Like, we really don't know, like, in all honesty, like, what's been going on, like, why the relationship is the way it is. Like, maybe they did something that he didn't like, and from that point on, like, things were just rocky. Like, But let's not just, like, take all of this we can obviously you know make it form opinions off of what they tell us but there's got to be more than just like you know him having this relationship like suddenly i don't think it just stemmed from him not fault abiding by what they are telling him to do like i'm sure there's more than just like you know him not doing this and x y and z so I mean, I would love for him to come out, and again, somewhere down the line, like, I would love to hear, you know, Jalen Ramsey talked about, you know, his relationship with the Jaguars, like, you know, something like that. Like, I really want to know, like, what's going on? Like, is it something with Drew Brees leaving? Like, like, what is it?
0: Like, right, is, he not, Jay- is
4: he not getting uh, a certain treatment within the organization that a, a player of his caliber should be getting? Like, are they valuing him a certain way? Is he, you know what I mean? Like, all the time, like, you hear about, again, like, Aaron Rodgers isn't happy because he didn't have a say in the organization. You know, perfect example of you know after he came back, like he came out with his side of the story and literally like went into detail about why we weren't hearing from him and what happened leading up to those moments to the point where we didn't know if he was gonna be on the Packers. That's definitely not the status quo, though. Like,
3: like no. we never, we never get, we never no. get these stories. We're never gonna <sighs> get this, like this insight, especially not while they're still on the team. Like Aaron Rodgers, like that's a unique situation where, yo, I'm gonna come back because yeah, y'all need seasons. me. Yeah, because yeah. y'all need me, and I'm gonna come back and still tell you where you fucked up. Yeah. Whereas is, is Mike Thomas coming off an injury, saying like, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it low because you know we both could benefit from having each other, but I could do a lot of a lot of damage right now yeah. if I spoke up. So it's it's a it's a different situation. Unfortunately, like we're never gonna be able to get that insight. And it just makes me think about like like going back to the 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 medical conversations that we were having. What was it last week yeah, or the week yeah. before? Like, yo, know, there's so many conversations that happen like on a day to day basis, checking yeah. in with these dudes, making sure like, yo, know, like, it must be so hard to be an NFL player and be like, no, I know like this is what I want to do for my body because ultimately my body is my money maker. And it's like, no, the team's like, no, you need to do this.
1: Yeah. yeah right.
4: Another another point is too like like you said like. He's injured right now, so as far as like we know, like he's useless to them today. You know what I mean? So, given that said, like he's not going to be back for like I don't know, maybe week eight of the season. Like until then, like he's useless. So that can like even factor in into as far as like how they treat him moving forward. Like the fact that
1: oh yeah, they could definitely be bitter about this. The fact yeah, the fact yeah. that
4: like the fact that you know he allegedly didn't follow the rules that, you know, they recommended, like, you know, now they're probably like, all right, well, whatever. Like, whatever happens later on. Like, right now we're moving forward without you. Like, maybe that's another thing, too. Like, he probably sees it like, damn, like, I'm not even playing right now. So, like, add that to the fact. Like, I'm not even part of, like, the game plan. Like, I don't even know what it's going to look like when I get back.
1: No, so there maybe ain't no game plan. He got a guaranteed contract with this flag five years, like, I mean, ultimately, he's going to be, he knows he's going to be a part of the game plan no matter when he come back. It don't matter if he's there or not. But it's just a confusing situation. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, I know he did something wrong in this. <laughs> I know there's yeah, some The fact that for he's not on have. the
2: field right now, yeah. given the window of opportunity he had to get himself ready. I think if you were going to take that approach, you know, I don't want to get surgery, you're going to have to see the improvement that you were looking for exactly in like the time that you would have gotten surgery recovery. You know what I'm saying? It's not about to be a month before where you're like, uh, I don't think yeah, I, it's like I think. Yeah, like So what? that, and then on top of that, bro, like coming in, people are going to be in mid-season form, like, and he's going to be coming off of this, like. And he and did that last All the season. recovery in the world, like you still need to get to game speed, like. So, at the end of the day, I mean, I really wish him the best because I was really waiting to see Michael Thomas this season so I could remind myself that he's a top (laughs) NFL receiver because whenever I'm thinking about the top guys, like, I hate to say it, but he's, like, just falling down because there's lots of guys, and I'm like, this guy's on the field, this guy's producing. Like, Michael Thomas is an excellent Mm. receiver, but, like, is is he going to be one of those receivers where, like, he had a spectacular few years and, like, wasn't really that guy for all of this, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: Yeah, but people still think of him as, like, the yeah, guy that like, he was. and So, you know.
2: I definitely want to see that guy.
1: I mean, so. Yeah, he definitely still can do it. Yeah. No doubt about that. I mean, despite this injury. But um, it just seems like it's an uphill battle for his health and then for his future with the Saints, you know, if that's even in the cards anymore. Um, but, I mean, you know whose future is. Uh, is not in question. <laughs> Yo, man. <laughs> Yo, just and next, we Yo, got... Yo, my transitions is crazy, man. Now, nah, Josh Allen uh, has signed a six-year deal with the Buffalo Bills uh, worth up to $258 million, including $150 million guaranteed, uh, which is the most ever. Um, He's at $43 million a season, right behind Patrick Mahomes in total value or average annual value. Uh, Pat Mahomes is at $45 million. Now he has two years remaining on his current deal uh, in the after the Bills exercise his fifth year option, so he's under contract with Buffalo until twenty twenty eight. So you want to talk about a big bag? That man got it in Buffalo.
4: Damn, warranted. I mean, I'm just thinking about like every year, like how the market is just continues to like change and like how that paves the way for other guys every single year to make X amount of dollars. Like, wow. Like Patrick Mahomes really like after his contract, like he really continued to set that foundation for quarterbacks in the NFL. Like now Josh Allen just surpassed Dak. And then up next we have Lamar and Baker Mayfield. Like they're about to skyrocket those charts. Like it's just crazy to look at. Like people talk about, like, oh, like he's not worth that much. Like, it's not about that. It's, like, what the
1: market allows him to make. Word. You know, as far as whatever your position pays you. like Yeah, Pat Mahomes definitely set the bar. Like, if you, th- like if you took Pat Mahomes... If Pat Mahomes wasn't who he was in terms of, like, that ability, I don't know if Josh Allen's contract is as high. Like, I, I think it would be, you know, maybe under $40 million a year. Just under $40 million a year something like that. Um, but because... Pat Mahomes raised the bar and Josh Allen has seemingly almost matched it um, in terms of just the intent, the type of player he is, the value he brings to his team, what he's allowed them to do and become. Um, especially you're looking at the Bills organization who had one of the longest playoff drafts ever of any franchise. Uh, I mean, you got to lock up a guy like that when you've known misery uh, for the <laughs> previous two decades of your friend actually yo, for the entire the franchise really
2: yeah it's straight it's, yo I, that reminds me of when we talk about who is more deserving the bills deserve Josh Allen so i guess they was like look man we going to give you this money yo, hopefully this nah. money will protect us from anything like what happened <laughs> right. to us in the past ever happening again bro because the bills they really if they want to this is the type of money that you're expecting a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like at least one, at yeah, least. Five. So I you're mean, you're saying
1: we can win a Super Bowl with this guy at quarterback, right? And when I think that's high
2: praise team. to Josh Allen. I don't disagree totally. I think it's a tad early, but like I mean, hey, he's a franchise quarterback and he's gotten his team to where they need to be. And I think there are a few steps away from being a team that uh, that can be a contender. But like you know, I'm a Pats fan first, so I think that he's beatable. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's my bias
4: any given Sunday.
2: Any given Sunday. I think we could definitely get Josh Allen. And so I'm I like that's what, that's what puts the thought in my mind like, dang, is he really worth this money? But like when he's playing against, you know, anybody other than my Pats, I'd be like Josh Allen, he's out there and he he's a physical type of player, he's tough, big arm. You really can't argue with it. Like he's a favorable quarterback in the NFL. When you really when it comes down to it,
1: yeah, I, I think with the Bills. Too, with the Bills too, I mean they're another organization where I think a lot of trust comes into play and they do a great job with the talent they have in-house. And they tapped into Josh Allen's potential. Like he wasn't just that guy coming out. Like they tapped into it and they believe that, you know, they're part of the reason, they you know, that he's going to be able to continue playing at a very high level. And they know how he operates as a quarterback. They know how he plays well, what positions to put him in, what positions to not put him in. Um, and, and importantly, I, they accelerated the process yes. by getting Stephon Diggs. Yes, exactly. They got him a number one receiver he could rely on and just say, hey, this guy's going to be open like 85% of the time. So just in case, just throw it over there. Um, mm-hmm. And that's primarily what he did. He averaged, like, over eight targets a game.
4: Mike Thomas need to get healthy and go to Baltimore something. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that. I Shots like, that, little, that, I like be, that blueprint. That they, would uh, be a nice little place for him, That would be crazy.
2: Because, like, they, anything that they have, would be he would be an upgrade. And, like, I feel like even him mm-hmm. at a recovering rate midseason, like, could definitely help a team. Like, oh, great yeah. I right. was, yeah, yeah. like, huge. since last
4: season, I always, like, I always say this uh, to this day, like, like, the, the Bills, like, epitomize, like, like that blueprint of the development of a young quarterback such as Josh Allen. Like, yeah, they got it right for sure, I like, would say. literally developing him and then literally giving him a number one and then right there, like, boom, like, instantly, Strong like, instant defense. connection. Like, they're Super Bowl contenders. And now, like, Josh Allen is only better because of it. And now they're reaping the, the benefits as far as being one of the top teams in the AFC. So like that's that's fire. Like
3: word. Yo, you know what's really crazy? Dak. At one point, very not too long ago, he was the highest paid QB. Word. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he's sitting at 160 million total market, value. Bro.
1: Yeah, and Josh Allen just got that guarantee. Yo, so shout out to
3: him for making sure
4: that he got paid while he still could.
1: Word, right?
4: Yeah, it's only gonna be like I said, bro, like we talk about contract not even nfl like the nba like the market allows for guys fans consider like oh like i guess average or just above average like to make a certain amount of money also like the salary cap too but when the market is again shifting like this then you're gonna get paid what you're allowed to so josh allen another example of that
3: and speaking of Dak, I got this one for you, Jamel. Don't worry. You, <laughs> take, you take a break. Hard Knocks. <laughs> Hard Knocks is back. Starts tomorrow, 10 p.m. Y'all ready? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Word.
5: Yeah, HBO
4: been... Max better get it right, bro. Cause
3: Boy, every like I
5: time can't even like... be as excited for the show as like football is back. So it's like... Yeah, the show is dope, and everybody loves to watch it. But like Sunday is Sunday. Like, yeah, not If like you really want to, so you can lock in this Sunday. Nah,
4: but Hard Knocks is like, the, uh, like a like if you're like a crazy fan, like it's a nice thing to look one, forward to. It's one of those like, like leading to the season. It's one of those like, to, like leading to the season milestones. When Hard Knocks is here, you're like, ah, right, word, like that's
1: four episodes, and weird. then we, <laughs> we, seven it's to that, we, seven, it's gonna be week one. Seven, like what? Five weeks.
4: Five weeks of that, and then you, you finally. Did. Yeah, it might be like. And it f- it gives, you, know, it gives you it
3: gives you a real personal like inside look at that that organization of that Word. team, and you know everybody, everybody might act different when the cameras on, or they do act different when the cameras on. But what you know for a fact is like you see these guys that are about to be on the field on Sunday, and how they act, how they interact with each other, like it's cool, man.
1: Yeah, I can't it's wait. Sure. I'm definitely excited. Do you guys have a favorite episode, or not favorite episode, favorite season? Man. It's- so, I think uh, the Ravens are a classic. The The first one in 2001, um, absolute classic. There's so many quotables, yeah, hilarious there were, lines. There was
4: something I think I saw, like, just scrolling. Bleacher Report was saying, like, Baltimore set the standard as far as, like, what hard knocks should be. Like, cause you look at like the icon- iconic moments, like when they did the impersonations, the
1: jokes, with, the, like, uh, Ray Lewis and the pranks. <laughs> so like, maybe
4: like, you know, them dudes on the, on the, on the, preceding, um, episodes, you know, they're probably like, I right, like, we gotta make this shit lit. Like we know we on camera, but like, and we know we're just trying, we're trying to be authentic, but like, bro, like we gotta make this shit lit. Like let people like you know, add some some spice to it. Right. Such as like, you know, when we have our meetings, we're gonna have dudes come up and, you know
3: impersonate one impersonate another. Impersonate
4: whoever, like. So it's dope. Like it's definitely a nice incentive for for teams to have.
1: Yeah, I think um another one that I like is the the Texans one. <laughs> Actually, uh twenty fifteen. I mean you can't not like that one. DeAndre Hopkins dropping right. D'Angelo Hall and him Shh. literally tearing his Achilles. Damn. Unfortunate for him obviously, but that's just like that's right. That, that's dog shit. That's
4: right. <laughs> Yo Devon, you posted um <laughs> The hard knocks with the, the Browns coach.
2: Yeah,
5: that was not funny. What did he say? He was like He was like he was like
4: yeah. he was like in World War One and Two, we
5: won. We won two, not one, but two wars. Yeah, doing push ups,
2: sit-ups, and, and jumping, jumping jacks. jacks. He's like, You think those you think you said you said you thought those uh those soldiers were uh stretching before <laughs> they went ran across what well, big was it? Purp Normandy. he thought the soldiers were stretching before they ran across Normandy, and that's a great point actually. But I feel like that's a lot different. Of course, but it's just funny like how those those coaches. It's <laughs> like a <great> point. <laughs> <laughs> it's so de- like I'm running for my life. It's straight. It's everything right now. Your body don't care about nothing. No pull muscle or nothing. But like you could argue that you get the same adrenaline from playing a sport like football. But like it's really not the same. Like life and death. And then there's football. It's different. Yo, but that point was mad funny. And there's mad coaches who are so old school like that, and they really mean it when they say things like that. Like, and it's
4: just funny. Who y'all most wanted looking? seeing in tomorrow's episode? like Is there like a player or like anything that you want to see from tomorrow's episode?
1: Eh, I mean, not from the Cowboys. I want to see CD
3: Land Uh, ball out, number one. I want to see the spectacular catch. Because we know he's been killing it.
1: I want to see that. Um, I want to see see if Dak actually plays. And I want to see what, what they have on Dak. Whatever they got about how that shoulder strain happened. And if they can just like go into that a little bit about what he's doing, um, I'd like to hear a little bit of that. And um, I don't really want to hear Mike McCarthy though. I was
4: gonna so say that, bro. I'm not gonna lie. To I you. like he's one I want to see too, because going into last season, this time around, I like swore up and down that the Cowboys were gonna be like top but, dog better. in the division, and I think like a lot that went wrong with them that past season, this past season. Had a lot to do with him as a coach. So I want to know. I'm not gonna
1: say that just because Dak got hurt and that'll throw. Yeah, bro. But off. I
4: mean, at that point, it's like, all right. Like, at that point, if your whole team is dismantled to the point where like you literally have no one, then I think a coach is a guy you kind of have to rally around. Like after that, it don't matter if you rally if you ain't got nobody on the field. All right, but I'm like Mike Tomlin did it with the Steelers a few years like. The
1: Cowboys went out sad. You know what I mean? But that's a new organization, new personnel, and then all his stars get injured. I mean, he did coach with Green Bay, like, what, five-plus years when
4: he had that squad? Like, my thing was, like, I thought he had that pedigree as a winning coach when he had Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. Like, back in those days, I figured, like, all right, well, he played with these dudes. Like, he knows what it takes. Like, he's been around, like, winners and talent.
3: So you're speaking more to like, the team's perception of him and, like, how they responded to him? Yeah, and how he
4: does things. Because I just wonder, like, because, I I mean, their defense, like, we just saw they were literally out there, like, not showing up. Like, you could have lined up nobody out there and the opposing offenses were scoring. Like, that defense was terrible. So I'm saying, like, at that point, it's, like, a matter of, like, effort and and things like that. So what I mean by that is, at that point, like, your coach has to be able to get that out of out of the
1: players. I mean, but there's only so much you can do without the talent. Like, like I said, if you're just working with the personnel you got, like I could work we could work as hard as we want, but if they're just not as talented and my guys are hurt or just not on the field for whatever reason, I mean, they clearly invested so much in the draft offensively because they knew they didn't have it in house. So it's like I I do put some blame on Mike McCarthy for how things went, but I just don't put a lot of blame on him because it was a new year, new system, and everything. A lot of injuries on the O line with Dak. I mean, it's hard for any court, uh, any head coach to overcome that in year one with a new organization. I
3: mean, yo, bro, like, could you imagine you start you start the season five and zero, or not even five and zero? They were shitting the bed, and then Lamar Jackson goes down. And you're done with Trace McSorley. That's that's who you walking out every Sunday with?
4: John Harbaugh is a proven coach though. So I, I think like and I think and I thought Mike McCarthy was too. Like just given his track record with the Packers. Like
2: No, I I'm not like, I'm not just making this one up. One thing like, about Mike McCarthy though, I I feel like I have to say this because like I feel like we mentioned it on the pod, like I was expecting high, you know, high things from him as well. But I think Donovan made the point that like he had Aaron Rodgers for all that time. And got one chip. Did you say that? I'm not sure if I said that, but well, somebody sorry. did, yo. Not like that either. Somebody yeah. said that, and I was <laughs> like, "That's a great point." Because I mean, think about if you gave a coach like Bill Belichick, Aaron Rodgers. Because I mean, he worked with Tom Brady, and they got it done. I mean, but
3: that would okay. All right, so we talking that was talking about like Aaron Rodgers calling out the organization and saying like, "All right, we let go of all of these dudes." That's more of like an organizational thing than it is like that head coach. To me, anyways.
2: Yeah, that's true. But, like, no matter what, I mean, he is, like, a kind of a field general. So, like, he's doing his thing. But, like, I just feel like having the coach who is, like, if he's a great coach, he'll help that player no matter what. So, it's, like, I mean, I just think that having just that point right there. Someone said, it might not have been you, but someone said, like, he had that player and wasn't able to do more than one Super Bowl, which is, like, that's kind of a good point. Because Aaron Rodgers is really like that. And so it's like, all right, now he has Dak and the boys. The da boys. Shout out Rodney. Them boys. But, nah, yeah. I mean, Mike McCarthy, I definitely thought he was going to help them more than he did. That's not to say he can't do more this season, but, yeah.
4: Yeah, I guess I'll ease up on him a little bit. But they I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. Nah, maybe nah I think some of it is warranted. That, nah, I mean. Maybe there's guys yeah, before that definitely like,
2: like him.
3: Like, straight up, I, I bet we don't have to go too far. to lie. What's, nah,
1: nah, yo, yeah. what's Jason Garrett doing? He's on he's the, the Giants. He's
4: the old coordinator for the Giants. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I was just wondering. That's funny. Yeah, so they try trying to figure it out. But, yeah, no, I think you do have some uh, – there's a, it's some – you know, there's a point there to be made about Mike McCarthy. And, I mean, 16 years with Aaron Rodgers. I think he's an improvement. However long from- you was with Aaron Rodgers and only having one Super Bowl to prove it and multiple losses in the NFC Championship – Um, you know that doesn't bode well for your prospects of how you do in a situation with lesser talent around you. Yeah, I Uh, mean he
2: is an upgrade from Jason Garrett to that point. So
1: I do agree with that. Um, even with
2: the even with the lack of success, I feel like there's still some hope. But what'd you say? Y'all
4: see like the end of like Jason Garrett had like a press conference, and he was like leaving, like the podium or whatever, and and, he he was like he's like, all right everybody like have a good day and then no one like said anything he was like have a, like, have a good day And he was like yeah it's it's like have a good day coach like trying to correct everybody but the, <laughs> they didn't, didn't like, No, he them. did it i gotta i gotta pull it up Ain't uh, no way. No, we might bro. have to we hey, might coach. have to put that on. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll put that. Yeah, we gonna <laughs> yeah, throw let's that. You need get that on here, bro, cuz uh, that sounds yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I'm about to
1: I'm about to pull we'll right that right now. I have to, man, cuz that don't make no damn. sense. <laughs> have a good day, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's nuts. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. I'm pulling that right now.
3: He said asshole of the century. <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: uh, that's yeah. definitely like He's, like, definitely brought up in, like, a respectful family. He's like, I say it, good morning. <laughs> I said <it>, good morning. Oh, <laughs> it's up there? Yeah, Good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah we say good to see you
4: coach. That's how we do it. Well,
3: Jason, good to see you guys.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> he
3: said that's how we do it
1: nah run that back one uh, we'll more see
4: you yeah. good to see you guys good
1: to see you guys yeah, yeah we said good to see you that's how we do it. oh god ah, what a loser <laughs> you don't demand respect <laughs> <laughs> Word. Who, are, who are you <laughs> like, you like is you. nobody <laughs> <laughs>
2: get
1: paid to all get with You're you no oh, <laughs> who is you <laughs> oh man but good episode that is all we got for the zone talk podcast uh we will catch you guys next week follow us on all of our socials at zone talk podcast on facebook twitter and instagram and we hope y'all have a good night zone talk,
2: zone talk, don't zone talk, talk don't talk That's don't a talk a good night Come-
0: the type of make a move and don't nobody know You don't gotta hide it if you wanna let it show Girl, all I need is any with a little bit of dope Soon as I get them both, you know I'm all ready to go Yeah, never mind them rookies, baby, come fuck with the pro We can do it faster, we can do it slow Never mind them knocks, yeah, leave them at the door I know what your spots like, I've been there before yeah. I left my main hoe, now my side my main hoe Jigga chain clothes, live exquisite, they know my plain clothes, get the bag and race home Ain't got time for lame hoes or any of you lame hoes Writing something for him, writing in that ain't low. Richard Paul, I'm still gonna live by the same code. Off the throne, how to think how I got home I'm at the mall shopping, but I think I got those. I got drugs up in my system, I might go off ay. Quarter on the beat, I tell them go off I ain't never been the type to show off And I ain't never pressed, do make me go off ay. Okay, I want a deal, but they be robbed They steal my bike crib, from north up to Prospect Kill these niggas, bite me hard, I feel like ho They feel these niggas flex, too hard, they to care about hoes, for real uh, Top speed, O-D, low key on me, top speed, O-D, low key Shorty want not get drafted, but I'm only tryna blaze a 20 out of 10 every single time I raid her Probably got a hundred on the dice just like I'm a racer I'ma go top speed I'ma go top speed, yeah. I'ma go top speed I'ma go top speed, yeah